following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Cowboys, the one-on-one edition. Rob Phillips here for DallasCowboys.com, and today I'm joined by a man who talks Packers for a living, but he's got some great insight into Cowboys' new head coach, Mike McCarthy's coaching style. He's Rob Domofsky of ESPN, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, been covering the Packers for a long time, and covering Mike McCarthy for a long time, too. How you doing today, Rob? Thanks for having me. You know... In terms of of covering the Cowboys right now, I I can't think of anybody better to draw on experience in in dealing with Mike McCarthy in the past. Can you just tell us how long you've been covering the Packers? Because it it dates back beyond Aaron Rodgers, beyond Mike McCarthy. Yeah, my first season was 1997, which was the year after they won the Super Bowl. And then they went back to the Super Bowl my first year, lost to the the Denver Broncos. Uh, Mike McCarthy came to Green Bay two years later as the quarterback's coach under Ray Rhodes for just one year. Um, And then, you know, probably never thought I'd cross paths with Mike McCarthy again. And uh, five years later, six years later, uh, when they had a coaching search again, lo and behold, Mike McCarthy was the guy. So, you know, for us, we've, because of the pandemic, we've met Mike twice, I believe in person, Uh, January, when he first got the job and then, uh, at the scouting combine. So we really haven't been able to uh, get to know him very much. Just can you yeah. tell us from your experience, what kind of coach, and what kind of guy the Cowboys have gotten here? Well, I can tell you that at Starbucks, which is about a mile right between his house and my house, he likes the uh, Vente skinny vanilla latte. Uh, <laughs> the, the Green Bay is, is an interesting place. Uh, it, it's obviously a lot smaller than Dallas. So Mike was a guy who you saw around town all the time. I mean, he was, you know, he was not just the coach of the Green Bay Packers. He was Mike McCarthy, who might be at a high school basketball game uh, with one of his stepsons or at the YMCA with one of his daughters and their, you know, their dance classes or or gymnastics or whatever. So uh, Mike is a guy that is is very approachable. Uh, He's, he is, as I've covered, I think it's five or six head coaches in, since I've covered the Packers, and he's as, quote, unquote, normal of a guy as any of them. I mean, uh, you know, Mike Holmgren was this larger-than-life figure. Uh, Ray Rhodes was only here for, for a year, so you didn't really know. Mike Sherman was this sort of history professor kind of guy. Matt LaFleur is this kind of young, uh, you know, cool, hip kid. Uh, and Mike McCarthy is just the most regular guy of all of them. I mean, his 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 dad owned a bar in Pittsburgh for crying out loud. You know, I mean, he he just is, he just is is, is he's you and me. He's he's the everyman. He just happens to also be really smart and and really good with quarterbacks and and offenses. But um, he is as as normal of a guy as you're going to get in the NFL head coaching business, which is not a normal business, as you know. Absolutely not. Um, I know you did the first sit-down interview with him after he was relieved of his duties with the Packers in 2019. He took the year off. Um, 
What can you tell us just about his his mindset back then and maybe how things ended in Green Bay maybe motivating him with his yeah. new job here in Dallas? Oh, yeah, there's no question. I mean, obviously he was hurt, um, you know, disappointed how it ended here. I think he knew going into that last season that, you know, things might change just because there had been so much change in the organization. Um, so I think there was that stingingness to not being able to sort of see it through, you know, the end of that season. Uh, but once he got over that, um, you could sense the hunger and the motivation and the desire really to um, do this again. And and I remember sitting in his his office um, in probably February of that you know first off season where he was out of it, maybe March. Uh, you know he would have normally gone to the combine, wasn't going, and and he had about ten computer screens all around him and was calling up everything from quarterback schools that he had run in Kansas City with Joe Montana. I mean, literally showing me video of Joe Montana doing five-step drops and pivots to on the screen the, to, to the far right screen. There was every uh, play that every offense ran in the NFL that season, and he could have cut it. He was going through them, you know, concept by concept. So, uh, I mean, this was this was a guy who who wasn't just sitting around waiting for an opportunity. He was sitting around preparing for the next opportunity. And, um, you know, I don't know that he, in his in his heart of hearts, ever thought he could be so lucky to coach the Cowboys. I mean, because you're talking about going from the Green Bay Packers to the Dallas Cowboys. But I think he knew he was going to get another opportunity again. I just don't know that Dallas was ever like, you know, he ever thought, oh, the Dallas, that's the one I'm going to get. Right. He, uh, he obviously he coached the Packers from 06 through 18 or till the end, near the end of the 18th season. Uh, he did talk about how it's, it's two different iconic franchises. He's going from one to the other. Um, and now he's working with the Jones family, Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Um, how do you think that will work in terms of decision-making collaborating based on, on how it worked in green Bay? Obviously it's yeah. a different dynamic, right? To be honest, I think it's everything that he wants because in Green Bay, he had to be the face of everything. Um, Ted Thompson was the general manager, a very good personnel guy, but not a public facing figure. I mean, Ted, when they went, uh, going back all the way to the Brett Favre saga where Favre wanted to come back and Ted Thompson had drafted Aaron Rodgers and wanted to move on. I mean, Mike McCarthy maybe wasn't the main decision maker on that stuff, but he had to be the for the he had to answer all the questions. Uh, same thing when when Ted would make uh, free agent moves or or not make free agent moves, which was something they very rarely did. And Mike always had to answer for everything in the organization. As you know, there's no owner here. It's a publicly owned team. Um, the team president, Mark Murphy, essentially acts as the owner, but his philosophy was always to you know not be out in front. And I know in talking to Mike, he said, I, the next opportunity I get, it's going to have to be more of a group effort in terms of, of how things are presented publicly. I think this, it's a great opportunity for him because he can really focus on the coaching aspect and the managing of a team, which is what he's best at. And, you know, Jerry and Steven can be the forward-facing people, uh, but when it comes to the fans and the, and the media, the media especially, Mike doesn't always have to answer questions for things that he didn't have say over. Interesting. Very 
Very interesting. I uh, want to ask you a couple questions, maybe on the philosophy side for as a coach on the field that you referenced. Uh, you said he's really good with quarterbacks. We know that. Yeah. You mentioned Montana going all the way back to when he was a young assistant, got the end of tail end of Brett Favre's career. Uh, yeah. And I know Aaron Rodgers deserves the bulk of the credit for what's going to be a Hall of Fame career at the end of it. Um, but what kind of a teacher is he as a yeah. uh, to quarterbacks for fans that his don't quarter, know? Yeah, his quarterback school is legendary, really. I mean, like just watching him work with Montana, watching him work with Aaron Brooks in um, New Orleans. I mean, he really helped mold Aaron Brooks, who was a mid-round pick, a fourth-round pick, I believe, by the Packers traded him to New Orleans and he, and he took Aaron Brooks because remember he was uh, Jim Hazlitt was the head coach there in New Orleans and Jim Hazlitt was a defensive guy. So Mike was basically head coach of the offense and, and, you know, really turned Brooks into a good quarterback. Um, the thing people forget about Favre is the year before uh, Mike, Mike got to green Bay Favre was a disaster. Um, I mean, he had thrown 29 picks. They went four and 12 and everyone thought Favre had just gone off the rails and there was no reining him back in. And two years later, he had Favre, I think he had cut his interceptions from 29 to 13. Uh, they've gone, they went to the NFC championship game and he really reined him in all the while he and his staff were working to prepare Rodgers for, you know, I mean, remember when Aaron Rodgers came out, he carried that ball like way up here by his ear and it was such a weird throwing formation and McCarthy uh, and his offensive staff really changed that. So um, he is very detail oriented. Um, he, he, if, if I've heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a thousand times. It's all about the quarterback. That's what he's told us too, that uh, he's got to build the offense to fit the quarterback. And obviously Dak Prescott is, in the news down here with staying on the franchise tag and everything tied to the Cowboys right now is how to uh, set everything up to have Dak have as much success as he possibly can. So uh, obviously a big reason why Mike was hired. Um, sticking with the offense a little bit, I know Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore is still the offensive coordinator. Mike will I'm sure have a, have a hand in what's called. Um, he's got a reputation in green Bay in the past as, as more of a pass oriented play caller. Makes sense with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Yeah. Um, how fair is that? Uh, and do you think, you know, was that more of a personnel uh, matter for him while he was coaching in Green Bay? Well, if you look at it, they never had a Zeke Elliott, that's for sure. I mean, who does, I guess? There's not a lot of people who do. But they, they never really had, um, like, a workhorse running back. I mean, they had, um, in the late 2000s, in the 2010 with the Super Bowl team, they had Ryan Grant, who had a couple of thousand-yard seasons. Uh, they had Eddie Lacy um, in the 2013-14 type range. He was a thousand-yard back. But um, but Mike all, Mike believed that if you don't have a guy that can carry it 25 times a day a game, and you don't want to wear a guy out who may not be able to handle that physically then you don't do it till the end of the season. But go look at his record from December on through the playoffs. They really did become a running team later in the year. I mean, the, the run to the Super Bowl, I mean, they were decimated by injuries, and they ended up with James Starks, a rookie. And in one of those playoff games, he had over 100 yards. I can't remember if it was the wild card game. I think it was the wild card game against Philadelphia, at Philadelphia. Um, I mean, they kind of turned into that a little bit. So... Um, he can morph into it, but he believes in the West Coast system, um, quick passes, um, winning matchups. Um, there's not a ton of 
scheming guys to get open. So you better have good receivers and Dallas does. I mean, there's no question about that. So um, I, I do think it was a little bit the personnel he had to work with here, but I also think they gave him the personnel that fit his offense. It's a little bit of a two-way street, but I'm really curious to see, you know, how they do become, uh, how his offense does morph when you have a running back like Elliott, who is so dominant. It will be interesting. And he has said, you know, Zeke's going to be a huge part of it. Uh, if you go back, I guess, to the Saints days when he was the OC there, Ricky Williams was a guy that got 300 carries a season. Uh, so you can trace it back beyond Green Bay, I guess. One last one for you. A um, lot of uncertainty about the NFL right now with the training camp, hoping to start on time. Um, I was wondering what you thought about the way Mike handled the lockout, which I guess is the only comparable situation in the last 10 right. years uh, leading into, I believe, 2011, uh, yep. and how he handled that and how do you think that might be able to where he can prepare his guys as best as possible with, with no, no real offseason? I remember talking to Mike in late June, early July of that summer, so similar time to, to right now, and they still didn't know when they were going to come back. It was, at, it was at one of his charity golf outings, and he said, he goes, the team that figures out how to get ready quickest is going to have the best chance. And that season, the Packers went 15-1. and one. I mean, they came out of the gates. Now, they were coming off the Super Bowl, so obviously had a really good team. Um, and, and I remember all the criticism that Rodgers and the offensive guys faced because they didn't do any workouts on their own. Like, I mean... You know, there were, I know, I remember there were, I think Tom Brady and a bunch of the top quarterbacks, Roethlisberger, they were holding these workouts and Packers never did anything. The players never did it. And they go out in week one, they opened in that Thursday night, you know, NFL opener because they were the Super Bowl chance. I think they scored 42 points uh, and beat the Saints. <laughs> and I remember Rodgers saying, well, boy, maybe if we would have got had some offseason workouts, we might have been better on offense. Well, he scored 42 points and. Um, they hit the ground running. The one thing you'll know about Mike and get to learn about him is he is ultra, ultra detailed when it comes to scheduling. Um, he's always tweaking things. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they had a lot of success here for, I mean, what they made the playoffs eight straight years. And I'd be willing to say that six of those eight years, they used a different type of practice schedule, training camp schedule. Things never stayed the same. And I think that will benefit the Cowboys in this because he's been through every possible situation as far as preparing a team. And he'll, and he'll admit some years they didn't come out of uh, the, the, the camp ready to go. There were plenty of years. Uh, I can remember the RELAX season, the relax where Rogers said, Hey, we're going to be fine. They were one and two. Um, and they ended up going to the NFC championship game. That was 2014. So um, he'll figure it out one way or another. Um, he will definitely do it. Uh, he spent the bulk of his time, in Green Bay, about two miles from where I'm sitting right now, and I, I had the opportunity to see inside of his his home office, and and I can tell you, it looks it looks like he could run practice right out in his front yard because he's got everything set up. Uh, you know, he had everything set up like he was in the star working on everything that they needed to do. Well, you've actually been closer to him part of this offseason because <laughs> he's still been back in Green Bay doing some virtual work with the offseason program. Rob, really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Have a great year, guys. It's Rob Demosky of ESPN covering the Packers. You can check out his work on ESPN.com. Thanks for joining us, guys.